Hi, everybody. It's Marilyn Hughes with the Out of Body Travel Foundation here to talk about Hildegard's 12th vision in the third part. Um, Hildegard von Bingen was such an unusual soul. She had some of the deepest and most profound visions of all the mystics. Um, and her visions are actually pretty hard to understand or to follow. Um, and so I wanted to kind of break into it just because it's worth a try, right? We're going to see if we can touch into it. Um, just let me point out, please subscribe to our channel. Uh, subscribing to our channel really helps us out. It helps us to become more searchable on YouTube and also all around the internet. Also, please consider becoming a member. If you're able, becoming a member helps us to keep our resources free to everyone in the world, um, anywhere they may be. And this is so essential because there are millions of souls that cannot be reached in any other way. So I wanted to start with readings from this 12th vision of the third part. And the way that Hildegard does these things bit St. John of the Cross-ish, actually. Um, she will share the vision, and then she will go into explaining what different parts of the vision mean. And so then she'll say vision 12.1, vision 12.2, vision 12.3, and she will explain what these different things mean. Even so, Hildegard is a difficult mystic to follow, a difficult mystic to understand. And so I ask you to bear with me and let's see if we can do this together. So this is the 12th vision of the third part, comes from Mystical Visions by Hildegard von Bingen, introduced by Matthew Fox. Um, there are several visions, uh, books of her visions. There's the book of divine works. There is, uh, oh my goodness. I don't think I can read it from here, but there's, I have a whole section for Hildegard, but the two main ones are the mystical visions, the book of divine works. And then there's a bunch of others that have to do with some with her visions, some with instructions that she received. Um, and uh, others that have to do with uh, her teachings. Uh, she even has uh, books that have to do with herbalism because she received a lot of information about healing in her mystical visions as well. Hello, Adriana and Sage. Thank you so much for coming on in and joining us. Um, we are just about here to begin with the 12th vision of the third part. After all these things, I looked again and behold, all the elements and all the creatures were shaking with horrible motion. The fire, the air, and the water broke open and moved the land. Flashes of lightning and claps of thunder clashed. Mountains and forests fell. As a result, all mortal things breathed forth their life. But all the elements were cleansed so that whenever had been dirty vanished, in such a way that it was no longer visible. After I heard a voice speak with a voice so loud 
that it could be heard throughout the whole circle of the lands, it said, Oh, you people who lie on the ground, rise up. And behold, all the bones of the people, no matter what place or land, were gathered together in one moment and were covered again with their own flesh. All the people rose up with their members whole, with their bodies whole, and with their own sex. The good shone with brightness, and the evil appeared in blackness. Thus, the work that each one had done could be seen openly. Now, this is interesting, too, because in the writings of mystic Emanuel Swedenborg, he talks a great deal about how in um, the mystical state and in the afterlife, that who we are interiorly is immediately made apparent and manifest. So he also talks about that and how we cannot hide once we cross into the spiritual world. Certain ones had been signed in faith, certain others, however, were not. Those who had been signed shone with golden faces. The faces of the others were covered with shadows, the sign of these. Then suddenly in the east, a great flash shone forth. And I saw the word of God coming on a cloud with the angelic choirs. The word had the same facial expression and the same open wounds which the word had while in the word world. The word sat upon a seat of shining white flames, which did not, however, burn. Under the word was that great storm which was cleansing the world. The ones who had been signed in faith rushed to meet the word in the air, as it were, in the movement within the circle where I had indeed previously seen that brilliance which indicated the mystery of the celestial creator. The good ones were, of course, separated from the evil ones. With a caressing voice, as the gospel reveals, the word blessed the just ones for the heavenly kingdom. With a frightful voice, the word pruned off the unjust ones for the punishments of hell, as it was also written about in the gospel. There was no search for evidence or any replies made concerning the work each person had done, because the word knew clearly whether the work each had done was good or bad. Those who had not been signed with the sign of faith stood a long way off on the north side with the tumult of the devil. They did not get involved in this judgment, but just as if they were seeing the movement in the circle, they waited for this judgment to end. They sighed with bitter sighs as they waited. When this judgment had been completed, the flashes of lightning and the claps of thunder and the winds and storms stopped. Whatever was among the elements of the world which change vanished. And a great tranquility came to be. The chosen ones who had suddenly been made brilliant beyond the brilliance of the sun then sought heaven with great joy together with the word of God and the blessed armies of the angels. The damned ones stretched to hell with great wailing together with the devil and the devil's angels. Heaven received the chosen ones and hell swallowed the damned ones. And suddenly such great joy and praise rose up in heaven 
and such great sadness and wailing rose up in hell. Beyond what human senses can comprehend, thereupon all the elements of the world shone with great serenity, as if a very dark skin had been removed from them. Fire no longer held heat, air no longer held density, water raging, and land frailty. The sun, moon, and stars, just like embellished things, shone with a reddish gleam full of brightness and beauty. They then became fixed and no longer went around in a circle, so that day and night were no longer distinguished. There was no night, just day. And so it ended. And again, I heard the heavenly voice speak to me. So this is where in Hildegard's vision, the heavenly voice instructs her on what she has seen. So we'll go through some of these. Vision 12, 1. These mysteries show the end of the world when temporal time is changed into the eternity of God who has no end. But before these newest times, the world will be wearied with many trials, and the fall of the world will be shown in various signs. For as you see, the whole world will shake with terror and will be shattered with storms, so that whatever is mortal or has fallen will be ended with these calamities. With the present course of the world having been completed, it will not be able to endure farther, but it will be consummated according to the divine plan. This is like a person who is about to die. That person is overtaken with many weaknesses and is cast down. At the hour of his or her death, the person is broken up with much sorrow. Similarly, great adversities will precede the end of the world, and they will break the world up with various terrors at its end. The elements will reflect these terrors then, since they themselves will not be able to employ these terrors anymore. So it goes through vision 12.2, vision 12.3, and then vision 12.4, and this is what it says there, certain ones of them will have been signed with faith. Certain others, however, will not have been. The consciences of the one showing the works of faith will shine with the brightness of wisdom. The consciences of the others will appear in the darkness of the neglect, which has been openly discerned in them. This is because some filled up their works with faith, whereas the others extinguished the faith in themselves. The ones without the sign of faith did not want to have any knowledge of the living and true God in the old law, nor in the new grace. And in vision 12.5, it says, And then the word of God will come with the brightness of eternal light, sitting upon a cloud which will conceal the heavenly glory from the damned ones. The words surrounded with a heavenly army will come to judge the human race. The word will come with a human form and with the signs of the passion, which the word suffered at the will of God for the salvation of the human race. 
For God had the word come into the world visibly and suffer so that the word could judge the things of the world which are visible. This has been shown in the gospel. And it continues again, vision 6, vision 12, 6, 12, 7, 8. Let's move on forward here. So in vision 12, 9, it says, Meanwhile, those already in heaven will hold their own praises in silence while the word of God judges both the just and the unjust. They will listen attentively and with the reverence of honor as to how the word judges them and when the word flatteringly allots celestial joy to the just and sends the unjust into the terrible punishments of hell. But there will not be any excuses made by the people as they are being judged, and they will not be questioned in any way. Indeed, their consciences will already have been uncovered and opened at the time of this judgment. And Vision 12.10 continues on that note, which says, The just, however, who are being judged by this just judge, did a lot of works of justice, but they did not do them with the fullness of, of perfection while they were alive. Nevertheless, they are being judged according to them now. The unjust who know the harshness of the judge performed evil deeds, but they did them more out of neglect of the divine majesty. This is the damnation of unfaithfulness, and all things will be judged with equal standards. So you see how in Hildegard's experience, she has this mind blown, these mind-blowing visions, and then the Lord instructs her in their meaning, which is very interesting and different and unique. You know, St. John of the Cross, the way he does it, he creates a commentary on the stanzas that he has. Hildegard of Bingen has this amazing vision, and then it is pieced out, one, two, three, four, five, with instructions directly from the Lord. And so it goes on with 11, 12, 13. And we want to move on here to vision 12, 15, and then 16, which has some interesting points in it that I thought were uh, worthy of bringing out. So in vision 12, 15, when all these things have been accomplished, and when all the filth and blackness has been carried away, the elements will shine with the greatest brightness and beauty. Fire will shine with a gleam as red as the dawn, but without boiling heat. The air will glitter as most pure and without any density. Water will stand clear and gentle without flowing rapidly and without flooding things. The land will appear as firm and very flat without any frailty and torment. All these things will have been changed into a state of great tranquility and beauty. So in these other sections, they're talking about the purification of all these elements. And this is what happens after. The sun, the moon, and the stars, and the firmament will shine with a reddish gleam, with as much brightness as the most precious stones and gold do. And they will no longer turn around to make day and night. For with the world having ended, they are now unchangeable. It will be only day, and the darkness of night will not appear in any measure. John, my chosen one, has testified to this. Speaking again of the revelation of St. John, the Apocalypse, and the Bible. 
And so in vision 1216, the night will be no more and they will not need the light of a lamp or of the sun because God will give them light. And that's from Revelations 22, 5. What does this mean? Someone who has a treasure sometimes hides it secretly and at other times shows it. Similarly, the night hides light and the day chases the darkness away, bringing light to the people. But this will not be this way after this time has ended. The shadow of night will be chased away then, and the darkness of night will not appear in any measure. Even the change of night will no longer be present because the people themselves will give forth light and cast out the shadow of darkness. Nor will there be the change of the sun since the sun holds back some things in shadows. Even the day will not have any changes then. For the word with the brightness of divinity, which no darkness can change, gives light to those who have avoided darkness with grace. Whoever has keen ears for understanding clearly, let this person pant for my words with a burning love of my image, and let this person write these words down in the consciousness of his or her soul. I mean, this is just literally the tip of the iceberg. Uh, you know, Hildegard von Bingen sometimes would be unconscious for months. Uh, there was a time when they had, uh, Hildegard and her nuns had uh, buried someone in the Christian burial grounds by the uh, monastery who... Um, they took a bunch of heat from the bishop for because they claimed that this person was a heretic or had fallen away and should not have been given the Christian burial that he had been given. And Hildegard fought against the order of the bishop where they wanted to remove his body from the Christian holy site where he had been buried and move him elsewhere. And the bishops would not relent. So she ended up going into a state of unconsciousness for a period of months. It was somewhere between three and six months. And during these periods where she would be unconscious, you know, the sisters would take care of her. But all that time, she was having these unbelievable visions of God, the Holy Trinity, the Lord, the Blessed Mother, and literally the mysteries of the redemption. So she would go and then return. She woke from that particular state of unconsciousness on the day that the bishop withdrew his request for having this person removed from the holy burial site that they had given him. And Hildegard had, you know, vouched for the fact that at the moment of his death, since they had taken care of him, and that before you know, while he was preparing for death, that this person had converted back and was actually very sincere in, um, in the conversion that they had. And so um, that's how that came about. And then she would be unconscious for months. And now she had a lot of help. And one of the things I just wanted to talk about here um, is that people would get help when they were nuns or monks or priests. 
Um, her sisters would help her in her particular monastery until the nuns actually moved and built their own convent further away. They lived in a monastery with monks. And so the nuns were one part of the monastery, the monks were in the other. And she would get help because she had to uh, record all the visions that she was having. And she really needed someone to help her with that. So she had nuns who helped her, but she also had the help of Brother Vollmer, who became like one of her closest friends. And when she moved the convent to this other location, Brother Vollmer helped her a great deal. And he was always there at her side. They were really like two peas in a pod, so to speak. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because I wanted to bring up something that is a lesser known factoid about, you know, uh, monastic life and the history of our saints in that they have these profoundly holy friendships. And some of them had very specific holy friendships with a person of the opposite sex, where it seemed that this great love they had for one another actually was utilized to help them to achieve their goals and the ends in, you know, that they needed to achieve for their missions. And in Hildegard's play uh, situation, it was Brother Vollmer. Her and Brother Vollmer were very tight. Um, but I wanted to point out a few other examples of that. You know, so we see that in St. Francis and St. Clair of Assisi, who were totally, you know, one in heart, mind, and soul, even though St. Francis lived with the monks and St. Clair founded her own order of the poor Clares and lived with them. But there was this unity between them, this great love. St. Francis de Sales, another great writer of the church, wrote the introduction to the devout life, had a similar close relationship with St. Jane Francis de Chantal. And again, these relationships energized their mission because there was something in the masculine and feminine energy that they gave to one another that helped them. St. Padre Pio had a holy friend who um, was in his life. And another thing that is not very well known is that St. John Paul II um, had a 32-year deeply loving friendship with Anna Teresa Timianeka. Um, and in all these cases, it is accurate to say that they were in love with one another, but they elevated that love to a holy height and utilized that relationship for the completion of their mission. So anyway, I wanted to point that out as just another interesting uh, fact on the history of the saints and the history of how uh, God moves and works in their lives. And so I hope you enjoyed Hildegard von Bingen's, one of her visions that took her to the heights of her mystical summit. There are many more, so you may want to check her out if you enjoyed what she had to say there. And next up, we are going to do our Q&A. So I hope everyone joins me there. We're going to do your questions. 
And so join me in a few minutes and we will do that. Again, please subscribe to our channel. Subscribing to our channel helps us to become more searchable on YouTube and around the internet. And if you can, consider becoming a member. There's a join button on the upper right hand of our YouTube page. And there are five different levels of membership that you can have. Memberships make it possible and help us to keep our resources free for everyone in the world, no matter where they are. And that is vital to our mission. So thank you for joining me for this live stream. Hope you'll be there for your questions next in just a few minutes. Thank you.